There is one Greek word which you must rightly divide and understand or you will never be able to understand the greatness of the revelation God has given. And the simplicity of that word is available to any man or woman who cares to know. The Greek word is the word pistis, spelled P-I-S-T-I-S. It may be translated either believing or faith. In the record in the book of Hebrews that I want to share with you tonight, it is translated faith in the King James Version, and it should have been translated believing. The reason for that is because believing was possible to the man of body and soul. But it was not possible for that man to have faith until faith came. And faith did not come until Jesus Christ brought it. The record in Galatians 3 says, The scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. The word faith in that word and the word translated believe are identical, the word pistis. Verse 23, But before faith came, before it came, then there must have been a time when there wasn't any. Before faith came, and it tells you when the time was, we were kept under the what? Law. We were kept under the law. Shut off, shut up, closed off unto the faith, unto the faith, which should afterwards, after what? After the law, be what? Revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. The King James has to bring us in italics. They added it. Scratch it. Because the law never brought anybody under Christ. It just brought people headaches. Condemnation. Fear. Because no man could live up to it. The law was our schoolmaster. Instructor. The yardstick the little 12-inch ruler, until Christ, that we might be justified by pistis. But after that pistis, faith is come, we are no longer under the what? Schoolmaster. No longer under the law because something more magnificent and wonderful has come. If something more magnificent and wonderful has come, I want to show you tonight what men and women did before, be, before the time of that which is more magnificent and wonderful. And then I'm going to challenge you to make up your mind whether God and his word is a liar or whether it's true. Then you have to make that choice. There's a record in the 38th verse of the 10th chapter of Hebrews, which is simply electrifying to a man or woman who dares to think. Verse 38 says, The just shall live by pistis, by believing. 
how it should be translated. In order to become just, in order to become just. Now you listen to me carefully because it's as simple as ABC and everybody should have understood this for centuries. In order to become just, you have to be justified to be just. Then this verse does not talk about someone in the process of becoming. It talks about somebody who has already become. Now in order to be born again of God's Spirit, you must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe God raised him from the dead. As Romans 10.9 says, and the bridge that spans the chasm between the natural man of body and soul and God, that bridge, honey, that spans that chasm is faith. And it's not my faith, it's not yours, it's the faith of Jesus Christ that we read about in Galatians chapter 3. He is the one who spanned the chasm between God and man. Jesus Christ is the mediator between God and man. And there is no other mediator. Right, the virgin's all virgined out. She's been for centuries. Right. The saints are all sainted out. No trip there. That's right. The only mediator between God and man is the Lord Jesus Christ, people. No other man. No other one. There stands no one between God and you but the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the mediator between God and man. He's, he's the one who bridged the chasm between God and man so that man could again walk in the greatness of the power of that original creation when God formed, made, and created Adam. And we have lived so far below par because everybody's talked us out of it. Nobody's opened the word and said to us, Thus saith the Lord. All they've said is we're sinners. I had sin preached so much at me, and I had people telling me I was a sinner so much, I had to go out to commit it all the time to stay in line with what they were preaching. <laughs> That's right. They were telling me I was no good, so I had to go out and prove it. That's right. They were saying to me, well, you don't amount to anything, so I had to go out and prove that. There's an old statement. There's an old statement that I heard from my father a hundred times, maybe a thousand times, I don't know, but my earthly father was a dandy. And he said, you give a dog a good name and he'll live up to it. That's why I call one tick, the other one treff. The word treff is a German word from treffan, which means hit the mark. I don't want no stupid dog missing those birds when I take them out in the field. I want him to hit them. See? So you give a dog a what? That's right. What about people? What about people? 
You know why you and I have such love between each other? Because I just love you like crazy. That's right. And I just believe in you. I just absolutely believe that you're God's best. And I expect you to be God's best. And if you aren't God's best, I still believe you are. You can't beat that. You can't beat it. You just can't beat that. If your mother and father believe in you, you try hard to please them, don't you? Why, sure. It's just the nature of life. Shoot. Our JP and Sarah, Donnie and the rest, never had to slip in at night take their shoes off and go up the stairs easily, you know, so nobody know they got home. That's right. Mrs. Werwell just expected John Paul and Donnie to come in the bedroom. If it's three in the morning, it's okay, but they come in, kiss us goodnight. Oh, you know your kids are home. That's something. Why? You know why? Because we just love them, and we have confidence in them. We believe in them. Now, our kids weren't angels. I can tell you a few stories about Don. <laughs> JP, few of But I can tell a few on myself, and I ain't going to tell you. But we have developed a rapport of no fear. You come in at 3 o'clock in the morning, you come in and say, Hi, I'm home. And Mrs. Werwell and I never laid awake at night biting our fingernails or worrying about whether our kids were getting into an accident, getting drunk or loaded on pot or anything else. Why? Didn't have to. You know, we, we just believed in our kids. Well, if there is a God, people, if there is a God, and if he is what the Word says he is, doesn't he love his kids? <laughs> Why haven't they been able to see that? Why have they always wanted us to have a God who went around beating everybody, killing everybody, making everybody sick? And just watching over you, the moment you make a mistake, clunk! <laughs> I, as an earthly father, would not do it to my children if I loved them. And I want to tell you something, I'm not God. God surely must love more than I love, right? Oh, why don't we just turn to God? and to the greatness of the God of deliverance, that Jehovah Rapha, that Jehovah whose the Lord is our shepherd, that Jehovah who's ever-present, that Jehovah who is our peace, that Jehovah who's our big top, our banner, it says, our canopy, he is the Jehovah of love and of deliverance, people. 
He is the one who set us free. <laughs> it says in Galatians, Christ the end of the what? Well, bless God, if he's the end of it, he's what? The end of it. Then don't you go try to put me under it, baby. If you want to be under something that no longer exists, go ahead. But not for me and my house. We are going to serve the Lord according to his word. It says in that verse in Hebrews, the just shall live by believing. We are justified, we're sanctified, we're redeemed, we're cleansed, we're made whole in him, and we have to live, live by believing. Live by it, live by believing. There's no other way to live. Everything else is the process of dying. So if you want to die, quit believing. That's right. If you want to die, go negative. If you want to die, get full of fear, worry, anxiety. Get some ulcers. Go right ahead if you want them. Free country. It's what that flag's flying for, hope. The freedom to choose, people, whether to walk by the Word of God or walk by people's stupid opinions of it. That's right. I want to get this trip getting warmed up. Verse 38 also says, But if anyone, and this ellipsis is well supplied, it should read one. But if anyone draw back from living by believing, my soul shall have no pleasure in what? When you quit believing God's word, ladies and gentlemen, God hasn't got much fun in you. No pleasure, no happiness. That's right because we have dropped off of believing. Look, people, you're always going to believe something, right? Why not believe God? Why not believe his word? I want to tell you something. This word has stood the test of all the critics of all time. The word's still real tonight. The critics are dead and gone. Verse 1 of chapter 11 says, Now believing is the substance. I'm going to give you the accurate literal translation as we go along. You want to follow it? Okay. Believing is the title deed to things prayed for. The evidence that they are yours before they're seen. That's verse 1. Man, oh man. Believing's a title deed. It's the title. You'll go in and buy an automobile. They issue a what? Have you tried riding at home? The title deed? Nah. But the title deed is your proof. It's your guarantee that you own that piece of equipment, right? It's your guarantee 
that you can get behind the wheel, honk the horn, turn the stupid thing on, and put the hammer to the floor. <laughs> put your sandal in the fan blade or something. Yeah. Believing, honey. Believing. Believing. It doesn't talk about your background, where you were born, who you were before, anything else. Doesn't talk about your education. Talks about believing. Boy. What a word. Believing's a title deed. That's the proof of things prayed for. The evidence. That's your evidence. Here's the title deed. All signed up. The title deed. All signed. That's your proof. It's your evidence that it's yours before it is seen. That's something. Automobile. I'd rest too on the word if I were you, honey. That's beautiful. I like it. Just relax yourself and enjoy it. It's God's word, people. This thing works with a mathematical exactness and with a scientific precision. Look at verse 2. For by it, by it what? By believing. The elders, the old time boys, obtained a good report card, straight A's. A good report. They graduated with higher, high honors. The literal text reads, were made witnesses. They were ambassadors. Made what? Witnesses. Through believing. Verse 3. We understand that the ages were prepared by the word of God to the end that things which are seen were not, came not into being of things which do appear, look like it. By believing Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained Witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Does it mean he's a living now? It says he's what? But by that believing which he manifested, that's the testimony that he's still speaking to us today by what he believed. Verse 5. By believing... Enoch was translated, transported, that he should not see death and was not found. It doesn't say he shouldn't die. It said he shouldn't what? See it. He shouldn't see it. That's what it says. But that's what it means. Be stupid. How many of you here that I can see, the first part of this ten anyways, have never seen anyone die? Hold up your hands. That's what that verse is talking about. Have never seen what? Just what it says. Because he bore witness that he, Enoch, pleased God. But without pistis, without believing, verse 6 now, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if it's impossible, it's what? That's way beyond improbable. This is impossible. It's impossible to please God, people, without one thing, what? Believing. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that God is and that he became a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently what? That means stay put on God's word. If it doesn't happen this minute, it's got to happen next minute. If it doesn't happen next minute, it's got to happen the following. It's got to happen because it's God's what? That's it. Verse 7. By believing, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, and the word fear is reverence, respect, awe. He moved because he believed God, prepared an ark. And this is about the silliest thing in the Old Testament. It had never rained. What you going to build a stupid boat for if you haven't even got a lake? No water to float it on. Right. Well, one day God called down on long distance and he said, Noah, why don't you build a little ship? Noah said, I'm not even a sailor. He never said that. He said, Lord, what size you want? Lord said, oh, about 465 feet long. What? That conversation must have gone on for days or something. And then God told Noah something that just really blew him. He said, besides building that big old thing, I want you to build it up there high on a mountain. There wasn't even any water in the valley. Every morning he had to leave home and travel one hour by car to get his job, come back in the evening. No. Boy, I don't know if you've ever read that old tale. I wish I had time to read you the words sometime, make it live for you. I'd show you that old record in Noah. That's right, baby. Boy, imagine. God, never before, and God saying to somebody, I want you to build a big old boat, 465 feet long, four stories, and picture it in, pitch it out, get a ball game going, do anything on top of it. I want you to build it up, put them out. And you know something? He tried his best to get way builders, but there were no way builders around. <laughs> Nobody believed. Nobody. So you know who built it? Old Noah. Got his three sons and pushed them a little bit to help. And their three wives brought the lunch over. And his wife brought the coffee and the tea. And you know, they built that whole boat in one week. Oh, no. You just don't quite build it that fast. A hundred and twenty years it took him to build that little trip. You talk about believing God. Some of us have a problem believing him for one minute. 
Oh, no, it stood there for 120 years. And what do you think the neighbors said? Uh, if they'd have had psychiatrists, that old boy would have been locked up tight. <laughs> they'd have put him behind bars and double-proofed him or something. The fellow's off his rocker. You know, hey, Noah. Uh, Noah. <laughs> Noah. What you doing today, Noah? You build, huh? Noah. 120 years he stood that baby. That's right. And every day he said to them, God is real, the word of God is the will of God, and they just laughed. 120 years. He didn't convince one person. You were a WW this year, and I hope 4,000 or 5,000 of you go WW this year. I'll already guarantee you that you're going to have at least one believer this year. Old Noah preached 120 years and not one person believed. You would have to count him pretty low down on the totem pole to success, wouldn't you? Ha, 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 don't fool yourself, baby, because one day it started to rain. <laughs> the rains came and they were like a monsoon. Ha, ha. Yeah, both from the bottom and from the top. And the fellow said, man, what's this stuff that's running around here? Noah said, well, I told you fellows for 120 years we're going to have a shower. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Pretty soon, got up to their ankles, and the fellow said, Gosh, that feels real good on my feet. Pretty soon got up to your belly button. Then got up higher. Pretty soon it got up to here. Now we're getting a little disturbed. So the boys cook, took uh, real quickly. They went to YM and the YW got swimming lessons, you know. <laughs> they started having a barrel of fun diving off those trees and that stuff. But they had to get up and walk some. And it was starting up and got up to here. And one of those fellows stood on his tiptoes and he got up to there. And he couldn't go tip her any higher. And for <laughs> He drowned. And those strong swimmers came along behind and said, Noah, please take us aboard. Noah, please take us aboard. Noah's old heart just cried out, tears of joy. <laughs> You know why Noah didn't take them on? There's a record in Genesis that's just fantastic. It said, and the Lord shut the door. Ah, did you ever read that? <laughs> I want to tell you something. When God shuts the door, nobody's going to open it. <laughs> <laughs> Working 120 years and witnessing all the time, 
Had God not shut that door, you know what Noah would have done? He'd have opened it. But oh, God shut her. Read it in Genesis sometime. I want to take a night off and teach it sometime, just for fun. I get real electrified on the greatness of that word. Boy, well, come on. Huh. Well, it says, he prepared an ark for the saving of his house by which he condemned the world, became heir of righteousness, which is by what? 120 years of it. That's why he got sort of an inheritance. He stood. Verse 8. By believing Abraham. When he was called to go out unto a place which he should after Lombano receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. That does not mean he didn't know north from south or he head from the hole of ground. He just did not know all that God had planned for him. He walked one day at a time. He walked one step at a time. But he just believed God every step of the way. By believing, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he, Abraham, here it is, looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Most people look for a city here upon earth. Augustine, all those birds. City of God on earth, that's a bunch of baloney. He was looking for a city of God, which God had built. Abraham looked for a city whose foundation and whose builder and maker was who? Amen. Here's a wonderful woman. Her name was Sarah. Through believing also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. She was 90 years old, girls. Now, there are not too many of you gals going to have babies at 90. There weren't too many in that day. But there was one, a woman named Sarah, and she even laughed when she first heard about it. And the angel said, quit laughing, gal, you're going to have it anyways. <laughs> That's right. Ninety years old when she had her baby. I want to tell you, God must have worked a little bit of machinery inside of her body or something. Maybe an Abraham, too. I don't know. Because <laughs> he was 99. 100 when the baby was born, I think. Here's your answer. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. God had made the promise. Sarah judged him faithful who made the promise. She had to wait till she was 90. She had the baby. Boy, I read these records of Old Testament men and women unto whom the promise had not yet come, who had not yet received faith like we have, and look what they did with believing. You and I have more, and look how little we do with believing. 
The history of the Christian church, so-called, is nothing but a history of failure. It is not a history of believing the Word and seeing the dynamic and the power of God made known. It's a history of defeat, condemnation, fear, anxiety. Just the opposite of what even the servants of the Old Testament did who had no faith. Verse 13 says, These all died in pistis with believing, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. Real far, too. But were persuaded, and they embraced those promises and confessed that those things were coming to pass even though they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country and truly, if they have been mindful of that country from whence they came, they might have had opportunity of return. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly, where God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Boy! He's not only prepared a city for us, but he's prepared a mansion for every believer. You've always wanted to live in a mansion. Well, get ready. You're going to. So learn how to keep it. Yeah, he's prepared it. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'm coming back, he said. Well, ladies and gentlemen, did he go? That he's coming back. That same Jesus as access that ye have seen go shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go. He's coming back, people. <laughs> Mankind is not going to hurry his return, nor are they going to retard him. In the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, ma'am, it says in the Word that when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son born of a woman. But again, when it's the fullness of time, Jesus Christ is coming back. And all hell ain't going to stop Him and all heaven ain't going to stop Him. He's coming back. All the believers aren't going to Hurry it up, nor are they going to retard it. All the unbelievers are not going to stop him. And those who say he's not going to come back won't deter him. They're just going to get a rude awakening when he does come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not ashamed to be called their God. People, he's not ashamed to be called our God. He's not ashamed to be called your Father when you and I believe and walk. Without believing, it's impossible to please your daddy, it said, right? Boy, when we believe God, he's not ashamed to be called our Father. That's something. He's not ashamed of us. 
If he's not ashamed of us, then why do you want to let anybody shame you? If he does not condemn us people, why do you let people condemn you? He is our peace. Why do you let people make you so unpeaceful? People do that. Not God. Our God's a God of deliverance. Our God is a God of his word. He's a God of truth. Oh, my. <laughs> it says, by believing in verse 20, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. 21, by believing Jacob when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. Worship, leaning on the top of his staff. By believing Joseph when he died, may mention of the departing of the children of Israel gave commandments concerning his bones. By believing Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a right-on child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. How do you like that? See the difference? Believing in fear, believing in fear, believing in fear. Where you have believing, you'll have no fear. Where you have fear, you have no positive believing. By believing Moses, when he came to years, 30, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had all the money, all the power, everything else of the Egyptian empire at his command. He refused to accept it. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of the sin of Egypt for even one season. That's a man. Most people sell their souls for a dollar bill. They'd sell it for par. Moses refused because he believed God. It says in verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in what? And I want to tell you, Egypt was loaded at that time. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Verse 27, by believing Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's where I want to go the year after outreach, into that hope. Seeing him that's invisible. I can say to you tonight, the only reason I am able to work like I've worked for these 35 years, 20, 22 hours a day, week after week and month after month, never less than 20 hours a day, is because of the hope that I have of Christ's return. If I did not believe and have the hope of Christ's return, I'd quit. It just is not worth working this hard for if there is no return. But I know there's a return. The reason I know that is I speak in tongues. Ushanta malaka sito kashanta. That's the proof. That's the visible proof in the senses world of the internal reality and presence of Christ in me, the hope of glory. And he couldn't be in here, man, if God hadn't raised him and if he hadn't sent him on the day of Pentecost as the fullness of the Holy Spirit.
Well, by believing he kept the Passover, huh, sprinkled the blood over the lintel. What a silly thing. Go get a little sheep, cut his throat, and then take a little blood, put it on a doorpost. Silly, senseless man. God said you put it up there. The death angel's not going to touch that house. The Egyptians all laughed and they all died. All Moses did was to sail a little trip of spring little blood. And his gang got saved. <laughs> By believing, they passed through the Red Sea as it was dry ground. The Egyptians went in after him, they all drowned. See? The one believed in baptism. Immersion. <laughs> Look what brought the walls of Jericho down, verse 30. By believing, the walls of Jericho fell down after they compassed it about seven days. And that's another one of those great records. You just got to read it sometime. I think God must have a fantastic sense of humor. Yeah. They got that whole bunch of income poops. He, he said, look, fellas, just march around the city once a day, every day, seven days. I mean, once for seven days, once around, and all they did was crazy. Then he said, on the seventh day, just march around seven times. And when you get through marching, he said, you get your, your January 1st blowout. You know. And those little trumpets you play on New Year's Eve and January the 1st. And those pie pans. And he said, when I say blow, you people blow. And then he said, I want the priest to sock it to the pans. And all the neighbors stood out there. They go, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Here they were blowing those New Year's things. You know, they're wrapped up in paper and they go out about... And the guy's beating the pipe by hands. Wham! Down comes the wall. <laughs> it does something. All I want you to do is see the living reality of the word. The greatness of that word. I have no other way of teaching it. You may not like my idiosyncrasies. I don't give a hoot. You just got to like the word. See? I don't care whether you like the way I comb my hair. All I want you to do is know the word, honey. The word. And I don't know any other way to teach the word than my way. I mean, it's all I know. You teach it your way. But to me, the word's a living reality. It's got depth in it. It's got power in it. It's got everything in it that God is. For the word of God's as much God as God is the word. Shoot, you'll believe you're lying banker. Yeah. So it says every man's a liar and your banker has to be. But he sends your report, you got so you believe that report of a banker, but God's word people won't believe. Man, you gotta be off your rocker. To have that kind of logic. You couldn't pass it through the first grade of logic with that kind of logic. <laughs> well, anyways, the walls came down. By believing the harlot Rahab, she was not a harlot. That's right. She was an innkeeper. And just because a woman keeps an inn doesn't mean she's hanging out the red light. 
But you see, in King James' time, they knew what they meant. We today don't have this connotation. We have to use the word innkeeper. Because we, well, the reason the word harlot has gotten such a bad name is because so many in, innkeepers, you know, were real sexy and put on the harlot trip. And that's why it got, the word harlot got that real bad name. But it originally meant a beautiful woman who pleases to serve men food and take care of their bedding and make them comfortable. Today it'd be like a, a lady that cleans the motel, runs the restaurant at the motel over here at the Holiday or the Imperial. I don't think all those women would like it if you walked in and said tomorrow morning, Hi, you old harlot. <laughs> they might not like that at all. Well, I'm sure we wouldn't. By believing, the innkeeper Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, also Samuel, of the prophets, who through believing, here it is, verse 33, who through believing subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of Leo, the lion. Remember old Dan's story? Daniel? King's room and lion's den, right? That old lion couldn't chew on Daniel. That's right. Broke his teeth off if he'd have tried, I guess. I don't know. But God had spoken to Daniel. He believed, and he stopped the mouths of what? Right. And all he did say was, Liar, lay down. And that night he slept good. Daniel. Great pillow all down. Nailed. Quench the violence of what? Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Wax valiant in fight. Turn to flight whole armies of the what? Enemy. Aliens. Yes, sir. By one thing, what? Believing. They weren't cowards. They were men who believed. God's never used a stupid coward yet to move his word. Doesn't. Never will. He has to have men who believe with courage, commitment, dedication. Cowards are for the devil. Believers are for the true God, people. See? <laughs> Women received their dead raised to life. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Could they have been delivered? Why weren't they? They didn't accept it. That means they didn't continue to believe. That's right. They could have been, but they didn't. The only time you're ever going to die is when you quit believing. The only time I'm going to die is when I quit believing. As long as I believe, I'm not going to die. But life is so made, people, that sooner or later, you just get tired of the fight, and you quit believing, then you die. That's as simple as I can put it. Now, I could teach you from the Word of God the next eight hours on that statement and show it to you. 
These people could have been delivered, but they didn't accept it. That they might obtain a better what? And that one has really thrown the commentaries. A better resurrection. Very simple if you understand resurrections. There are two basic resurrection in the Bible. The one is the resurrection of the just. The other is the resurrection of what? Which is the better? That's this one. There it is. Just as plain as the nose on my face, if you understand English and can read. It does not say at all what some of the commentaries say, that the reason they died is because in the resurrection they'd get all their pie in the sky in the by and by or something. That they would be so lifted up because they died, therefore they'd have a better resurrection than Israel. Rest of them. No, no, no. There are only two. The resurrection of the just and the unjust. Make up your mind which is the better. I have no problem with it. If you've got the problem, you figure it out. <laughs> like this boy came home from school and he said, Papa! He said, I've got the problem. Papa said, what the hell you mean you've got the problem? <laughs> he said, a little fella like you, six, seven years old, you ain't got no problem. Ah, Papa, he said, I do have, but they is arithmetic problems. Oh, that's different. He said, what kind of problems you got? Oh, he said, I got the 12 big problems. And he said, we got to find the least common denominator of those 12. Ah, oh, Papa said, they had those lost when I was in school, 35. They still looking for those? Maybe I better read you the word. <laughs> I think I got that story all screwed up. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're beautiful. I don't know how anybody stays to hear me teach. I'd go home if it was me. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot. And uh, God's just got to give you special crowns in heaven. He just has to. Pretty something. Hey, verse 36. And others, lambanoed, had is the word lambano. Lombano trial of mockings, scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds, that means, uh, you know, chains, imprisonment, they were stoned. <laughs> Some of you fellows been gals, different kind of stone in here. <laughs> uh, smart, huh? Tempted, slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins. You know what they did to them? They took a freshly skinned sheep and sewed that on them. And when that thing would dry, it would... That's that verse, sir. And they did it in goat skins, too. And it just re... That's how they persecuted them. Being destituted, afflicted, tormented. Verse 38, you look at it, people. Of whom the world was not what? That's right. They wandered in deserts and caves and in dens, in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report, straight A's, through one thing, what? Receive not the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what they did. 
before Jesus Christ came. Look what they did before Jesus Christ came, people. With the coming of Jesus Christ, we have more. Through believing, they received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Wherefore, wherefore is therefore in the text. Therefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, these people, Old Testament people, who had not yet received the promise for Christ had not yet what? Who had not yet received faith, who were not yet filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, born again, were surrounded with this great cloud of witnesses. Let us, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run. The year of outreach will be a year of running. Running. It's our spiritual marathon year of the great runners. And ladies and gentlemen, in all the great marathons, the men ran naked. They would not even allow themselves to be inhibited with a pair of shorts or shoes. The great marathon runners of all times ran naked. Ladies and gentlemen, if we want to run the course for God, we've got to get rid of the excess baggage in our life. True. You cannot carry one fear with you on the field. If you want to run fast and far class, you've got to run light. You cannot carry a worry with you, an anxiety, a frustration. You can't afford to have an ulcer. You can't run fast enough. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a running race for a crown that's eternal, not temporary. The only way I know of doing it is you just have to take that precious Lord's hand, believe in God, and sort of reach out and say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm running with you. Make up your mind. You commit yourself to God or for God's sake, get out of the way so those of us who want to move are not obstructed by your unbelief. Try Looking unto Jesus, looking unto whom? Jesus. You don't look to VP, where will? I'm as weak as any man. The only strength I have is the Christ in me, the hope of glory if I have it. That's all. You don't look unto VP, where will? You don't look under the board of trustees of the Way International. You don't look to Howard Allen. We look unto Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of what? That's what we look at. People, let's get our eyes up 
And let's move with God's Word in total deliverance of God's people all over the world.